welcome back to a new year and a new episode of the podcast. I have been so looking forward to this episode being live and I could not have a season about hiring without bringing on the expert herself, Michaela Quinn. Now, for those of you that don't know, Michaela is how I got my start in the online space. Many, many years ago, I heard Michaela talking on a podcast and sharing how she helped support women who wanted to stay home with their kids, have more flexibility, have this career in virtual assisting and work for other entrepreneurs in the space. So I took a huge leap at the time. I had no idea if this would work. It was super scary, but Michaela through her program supported me every step of the way. And I often think about what would happen if I hadn't heard that podcast or if I hadn't had the belief that this business was possible. Amazing how sometimes one decision can completely alter the course of your life. So if you were thinking about hiring in the new year, this is going to be such a great episode for you. Michaela talks through how to hone in on who you should hire, what kind of questions you might want to ask in your job application, or things to put in your job description. And she specifically speaks to those entrepreneurs who are scared of taking that next step and hiring and how to reframe those thoughts and make a decision that's right for you and your business. Now, for those of you who haven't met Michaela, she's a Kansas City mom, wife, former teacher, and current CEO solving the modern working mom dilemma. A Forbes and Fox 4 KCTV feature contributor, Michaela coaches women looking to lead and launch successful, sustainable freelance businesses. To date, more than 1,800 women across the country and world have enrolled in Overwhelmed to Overbooked. In late 2018, Michaela launched the Live Free podcast to spread her freelancing method and mission throughout the world. A fixture in iTunes Top 20 for Entrepreneur Podcast, it has surpassed 160,000 downloads. When Michaela is not leading the charge to provide women with the freedom to work and mother, you can catch her walking to the park with her kiddos, making cookies, or watching a rerun of Friends for the millionth time with her cute husband. I'm so grateful you guys get to listen to this episode today, and I can't wait for you to hear it. On to the show. Michaela, I am so excited that you're here with us on the podcast today. Me too, Julie. It is so exciting. I've interviewed you on Vine. We've known each other for so long, and it's just so cool to kind of see you launching your brand and going out there and doing big things. It's such a full circle moment. And in so many ways, everything that I'm doing now is connected with you. And I know that I'm one of, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of women who have that same story where we look to your example and you told us we could do it. And here we are. Yeah, it's, it's so cool. It's so cool to see. Well, I would love for people who aren't familiar with you and your work, if you could tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do in this space. Yeah. So my name is Michaela Quinn. Um, If we haven't met yet, nice to meet you. And basically right now I'm an online course creator, podcaster in the area of helping women start a freelance service-based business. So, you know, virtual assistant, social media manager, copywriter, designer, bookkeeper, any of those services that businesses need, I help women kind of leverage their their talents from their current experience, past experience, 
and kind of transition into a new career for themselves. One story that I think of when I think about you and see you encouraging women in your group is that some people don't know your experience when you started in this space and the story of you landing your first client. And I'm wondering if you could tell us about that. Yeah. So I got started in trying to start freelancing. Um, Well, actually in 2015, I started just searching for something to do from home so I could be home with my daughter. And in January of 2016, I found this website called hiremymom.com. And I just started applying for all of the virtual positions they posted. And it went on for like three months. I would apply to all of these jobs and didn't even get like a thanks, but no thanks back. And so I kind of was like, what's going on? Realized I needed to tailor my emails and my resume to each specific posting. But and that got better. I started to get, you know, people replying, people wanting to hop on discovery calls or interviews with me. And then I would always get down for about like another three months. I would get down to the top two or three. And I always got the dreaded, like, oh, we decided to go with someone else, someone who had more experience than you. And I was crushed for, you know, for that hot minute when I just kept getting those emails and those rejections. Like, is it ever going to happen for me? And after my pity party, I kind of thought about it and was like, I can't change the experience that I have. But what I can do is change how I talk about that experience and how I reiterate that it it does apply to what you know these potential clients are wanting and that I'm the best, I'm the best fit to come in and help them. Mm-hmm. I'm a hard worker, dedicated, will learn anything and go above and beyond for my clients. And so finally I got on this call. This I knew she was going to ask me about what's your experience with social media. It was a virtual assistant position. And she needed help with like your basic admin stuff, email, Excel spreadsheet, organization, scheduling social media posts, and then some other social media tasks. And so on the call, I was prepared for it. She, I knew she was going to ask, what's your experience with social media? And instead of just doing my typical, well, I have none, <laughs> but I'm a fast learner. I was like, well, you know, to be honest, I use social media a lot as a mom posting cute pics of my kids. I don't have a ton of experience using social media for a business, but when it when it comes down to it, social media is just about engaging and starting conversations and talking with your audience or your potential customers. And that's like my best strength as a classroom teacher right now. I teach the classics. Um, Beowulf and the Iliad and Macbeth. And if I can get my sophomore students excited and engaging in conversations about these ancient texts, I can get your audience talking about whatever it is you want. And she was like, okay, you're hired. Let's do this. And I was like, oh my gosh, I hit the jackpot. This woman is going to pay me $20 an hour to do the, the simple stuff that I can do from my dining room table on my laptop. And it was just like the best the best break. And from there it was, it was kind of crazy. Yeah. That first person who's a stranger on the internet who pays you money to do anything. The first person who ever paid me money, I found in a Facebook group. And I think I was doing something with her schedule for her nannying job. Like it was very Mm -hmm. simple, but I remember that, right. It was so odd, but it was like that first, it was like a hundred bucks. She was like, can you, you know, do something with my schedule? And it was such a powerful, I literally did like a dance 
in my mm-hmm. <laughs> office, which wasn't my office then, but I just, I, it was, I, I can't believe this is real and this is happening. Yeah. It, oh, I love, I love that first, that first client is such a, is such a triumph. And what do you tell people who, or what do you attribute you're not giving up to? Did you have a really strong why? Is that part of your personality? Because we see so many people come into this space and get very discouraged pretty quick, understandably, because they have a goal and a dream and they want to get there as fast as they can, but they get really discouraged. And so what do you think kept you going all those months when you kept getting no after no? So for me, it w- it was totally having that strong why. Um, I was also on a deadline. I was pregnant with my second while I was building my business. I went part-time and like, I was not going back to teaching that next year. There was just no way I was done. I was going to figure it out. And which is kind of unlike my, well, kind of like who I am, but also kind of like in the past I had tried other businesses and it got bumpy and I was just like, Oh no, this isn't working. Like give it up. But I was really determined to find and figure something out and not giving up in, in those hard moments and really just sitting down and trying to like objectively look at, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is where I'm getting, what could I be doing differently or better to, you know, move down closer to my goals. And that sometimes is really hard to look like stop and look at, look at what you're doing objectively without shame, without blame and guilt and all of that. But it's, I mean, it's essential to no matter what your business, what business you're in. It's so true. And now you're able to take that point of view and bring it to, I'm going to say the women in your program. Cause I can't think of a, a man that's been in your program. <laughs> no. in a long There's time. been a, a very, like not even a handful and they like fizzle away. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> now you're able to bring that and be that point of view and strength for other women who yeah. are in your same position, but we just might have a harder time looking outside of ourselves and seeing, you know, what, what it is that we could tweak that will make all the difference. Oh yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the basics. What is somebody said to you, which I'm sure they do. What's a virtual assistant. What do you tell them? Yeah. So a virtual assistant is basically a freelancer, a freelance service provider that can help take over any of the tasks in your business either tasks that aren't getting done, but need to get done tasks that are getting done, but take up too much of your time. And it's very important that like virtual assistants, you know, or people know that they are task oriented when you're hiring a virtual assistant, it's essentially your job to tell them what you want and what you need them to do. They're there to save you time, but they're not in that strategic role where they're going to instinctively know what to do for you. Whereas like if you're hiring a different service provider, like a funnel builder or a web designer, they're going to, they're going to be leading you when you're hiring a virtual assistant, they're still very much going to be looking to you or your online business manager. If you have a decent sized team to kind of tell them, okay, these are the things that we need you to do. Now I'm sure business owners come to you and say, how do I know if I should hire a virtual assistant versus someone who's more specialized? And it's hard to say without giving a specific example, because we can dig in and really 
you know, give those specifics for somebody if we knew their situation, but is there any overarching advice that you have for people who'd say, I have a business, but I don't know if my best investment right now is someone more specialized in a certain area, or if somebody to take the admin things off my plate makes sense. So yeah, it it is kind of hard without knowing the specifics, but generally it's going to come down to what is your budget and what are all of the, like make a, do a brain dump of all of the things in your business that either you're doing that you don't enjoy doing that you're doing that someone else could be doing, or, you know, those things that you wish were getting done, but don't have time to do. And so kind of just start with that brain dump, look at that and evaluate it. And also look at your budget. Um, if you are going to be looking for someone specialized and an expert in a certain service, your budget's going to probably need to be a little bit higher. But if you only have $300 to start right now to devote to getting some help in your business, starting with a virtual assistant to help take over that admin side of things is, is a good place to start. But if you're needing if like your major need is more traffic and more leads coming into your business, if you're a, you know, an online business, your best bet there would be to hire someone who's specialized in either organic Instagram growth and strategy or a Facebook ads person potentially. Mm-hmm. Facebook ads being <laughs> an interesting beast right now, right? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So what do you think about helping business owners find the right virtual assistant for their business. Obviously, we talk a lot about that in this season of the show because we want people to know that I always say showing up authentically and being yourself is a really important key and then finding the right person for your business because there's no shame in saying this is how I do business, but I think the more you can be upfront about anything that you do in your business or the way that you like to do things, the better and easier it is to find somebody who's going to fit that perfectly. And if you don't say those things as someone comes on, then sometimes uh, there can be some push and pull while you figure things out. Yeah, absolutely. So when looking for the right fit for whatever position you are filling, I think it, like you said, it first comes with having a clear job description you can take, you know, if you did the brain brain dump earlier, you can take that and turn that into a job description and be clear on what you need help with. Anything that is important to the role, think about what your budget is. Again, an expert's going to charge more than someone um, who's maybe just starting out, someone who has experience with certain softwares. Their hourly rate, if you're hiring a virtual assistant, is going to be higher than someone who's just starting out. But have that clear job description. This is what you know your role is. This is what you'd be doing. And then have like on your back end, have some of those systems and processes outlined and in place that you are wanting this person to come in and kind of take over. This isn't necessarily a requirement, but it does help the process to go more smoothly once, once you've kind of selected that person. And then when you are ready to share that job description, and like you said, including in there, any like personality traits or attributes that would help someone be like, oh, that's not the fit for me. 
like I'm just going to see myself out, like include those in. So for example, one thing for me that I include is I do not communicate via email. Do not like if you're someone who is not comfortable using Voxer, this is not going to be a role for you. Also, I can be like a little disorganized. So I need someone that is super organized to help keep me organized and just some other like personality things to help people be like, oh yeah, I can do that. Or gosh, this lady sounds like a pain. I don't want to work with her. And that'll help kind of narrow out how many people are applying and making sure that people are self-identifying or, you know, unidentifying themselves with the position, with the role as, as they, as they look at it. And then last thing in the job description, depending on where you post it, make sure you're also clear on how you want interested contractors to apply. Either if you have an application process or if you just want them to send you an email, just make sure you're clear on that. I see a lot of people will post like, hey, I'm hiring a VA in a in a Facebook group. And then I just know they're getting inundated with a mess of DMs. And that is so such a pain to, as the person like hiring, to have to kind of keep track of all of that. And so if you just have you know, a process in place, send me an email with the answers to these questions. That's kind of what we do. It's very easy as they are coming in to kind of be like, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. For sure. And we have as part of a resource for the show, a free download that walks people through that brainstorm. It's in an Excel sheet, but you can take that just on a piece of paper. But what's nice about having it somewhere digitally is as you look at the tasks and then the next time you do them, there's a spot Mm -hmm. to add a screencast and just put that video recording of you doing that task. So somebody can take a look at it. So that way, when you go to assign it, there's already instructions for the person how to do it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's an awesome resource. So many people you hear in this space say hire before you're ready. And you know, you've talked about somebody saying, "Okay, this is the budget I have for this position." Do you have advice for people about how they know what their budget is? And because I think we've seen both sides of the spectrum, I definitely it's more common that I see people waiting too long to hire and then really a lot of things bumper car and can cause problems. But we I've also seen people hire too soon and they might just start their business and they want to start bringing on really specialized contractors because they think that is going to move the needle. So somebody said to you, how do I know what my budget is for this position? What would you say? Well, I think that is money and finances are not my best, <laughs> are not my best area. So what I kind of did was just look at how much income I was bringing in, how much like, you know, my family relied on at that time. And then out outside of that, like, okay, what would I feel comfortable spending to grow my business right now? And for me, I started hiring right pretty quickly when I moved into the course side of things, just because I was a mom and I wanted to grow my business fast and I saw the potential for what I could do and the people that I could help. But I mean, there's so much to do and so much to be done when you're starting a business and running a business and wanting to grow. And so I started with just one person, just, just a virtual assistant and kind of grew slowly from there. You know, when she came on, she was able to help with other tasks. 
And then I was able to do some of the more specialized stuff, like the copywriting and the social media and make sure that I was really learning how to do that skill kind of in the moment and, you know, refine that so that when it was time to hire that out later, I had an idea of, you know, what needs to be done, how to do this role. Like, and so I wasn't just completely blind trusting a stranger. I had an idea and knowledge behind it, but, you know, essentially just didn't have the time to do some of the things in my business. And so I think it's, I think it's important when you're starting out, you really need to look at how much money you're bringing in and balance that with, you kind of do have to learn how to do a lot of the stuff in the beginning. In the starting phase, there is that like that grunt work, like you're, it's you, especially if you're starting an online business and you don't have a ton of investment backing or startup loans. I kind of just used a credit card, a business credit card in in the beginning to kind of get me, get me going. Mm-hmm. And Google and YouTube are always Google and YouTube. your friends. Mm-hmm. And that way, if there's ever something that needs to be done last minute, because I don't have employees there, I all work with contractors. If something needs to be done last minute, I can do it. I can come in and step in. I don't have to panic and like be a crazy pain in the butt client calling contractor being like, oh my gosh, this isn't working. This isn't working. Or I need this email right away. I have the skill set to go in and do that. It's just not the ideal that I'm in charge of everything all all day, all week, all month, all year. Yeah. Let's talk about that because you've had the unique position to be on both sides of the experience. So when you think about your hires for your business, are there things that in retrospect you would have done differently? Or do you feel like you had a really good foundation from being on the other side to where you're able to take that experience into your team? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think there's anything I would have done differently. I feel like I've made some really good decisions. Um, Most of the people that I'm working with, we've had either a very long-term relationship or we're still working together since they were hired and brought on. There have been some people who outgrew their position or wanted to go in different directions. And uh, that's, that's totally awesome for them. But I would say one thing that I do that I really, I think works for me is I always look for beginners. In most instances, unless Facebook ads, I'm not going to give my Facebook ads to a beginner, but just because that's a, that's a beast. But for a majority of the roles in our business, they've been people who are fairly new. Maybe I'm their first or second client. Like I remember how great it was to get my first client. And so I love being that first client for for people when I, when I can, when it, when it makes sense. And so I'm hiring based on personality. I'm hiring based on like kind of passion for what I do and like tied to the cause, if you will. So I'm looking for moms who understand the kind of desire to be home and have that flexibility and time with your family, but also, you know, either needs to work or wants to work. And so anytime I can find someone who kind of has that, that mindset or falls in line with my ideal avatar, it just, it makes everything so much better. And one of the questions that we ask in our application 
like when we're looking for a virtual admin support person is we're like, we, so that we kind of use to really determine, okay, is this a yes or is this a no? Are you looking for long-term relationships or would you prefer like project-based work? And then the other one is, I can't remember exactly how it's worded, but basically we're looking for someone who is going to be, take the initiative and be a problem solver. So like if you were working on a project, how would we give a specific scenario? Like in blah, 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 blah. Like how would you handle this? I'm looking for the people that are going in and like showing that they would be doing research. I would do this. I would like take all these steps and then, and, and you know, to figure it out instead of just relying on me mm-hmm. to solve that for them. Cause I want people who are going to take that initiative and not wait on me. Or if we've done like a test project before, when we hired a copywriter, it when it came down to like the final two, we gave them like, oh, write this welcome email to someone who just signed up for the course. And we didn't give them a subject line. And I remember some of the people were like, oh, you didn't give a subject line. Like, what do you want the subject to be? And those were like, "Eh, sorry, like, I don't have time for that. Mm -hmm. But the ones that were like, okay, I noticed you didn't provide a specific subject line. So I went ahead and created, here's some suggestions. Like, do you like one of these best? I can, or if you have any edits, I can change that before I schedule this to send. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's what I want to see. Definitely. I think we have a really similar thought process to hiring because I too have hired my team exclusively from your program and it's all been people at the very beginning of their journey because for me too, I found that that excitement, somebody tied to the mission and also just the amount of fun it has, because just because somebody doesn't have experience in the online space, they have massive experience outside. Um, you know, you have a lot of teachers in your program and I've been fortunate to see how many of those gals have been able to take that experience and bring it full circle. So they can bring their teaching experience in their position at different businesses in their own companies. It's just really such a cool thing to, to get to watch. Yeah. I totally think to your point about having people take the initiative and then also giving them the freedom to take that initiative. Because one of my Mm -hmm. first clients who I still work with has always said, ask me for forgiveness, not not permission. So Mm -hmm. take it and run with it. And I'd rather have something being done than you just sitting around waiting for me to get back to you because people are busy and they don't have time. And sometimes with different time zones, it's hard to always be available with kids. You know, we don't build businesses so we can be stuck to our desks and our computers all day. So having that culture of permission, if it works for your personality is so much freedom on the back end. And if it's not, if you are very like type A and need, you know, like prefer the opposite, like no, ask me before you do something that should be, you know, try to find a way to put that in your hiring process. You know, if you are just sort of micromanaged, be honest, be upfront about that. And there's some people who are like, yes, I, I need that micromanagement. Or if someone's going to micromanage me, I'm going to lose my mind. You want to put those details out there upfront, be honest. So you can find someone who's going to be a good fit, both personality wise and, you know, fit for the the job description. You're going to save everybody so much heartache 
if you can just say those things, because there are people who would thrive in a position where they're, you know, what we would coin micromanaging, but where they're really given very clear step-by-step directions and there's check-ins all along the way. Mm-hmm. People, some people would love that. And like you said, some people would hate it. Yeah. And I'm not a micromanager. I'm like, okay, here's this, do this, <laughs> run with it. Here's what I have. If I left something off, like add your creative flair, I can look at it later. I and totally if it's not what I, and if it's not what I wanted, if they missed the mark, like I totally take ownership that, you know what, I probably wasn't clear and they were doing their best guess off what I, off what I gave them. And so it's, it's a learning process in, you know, in the beginning with whoever you hire communication on both sides is, is crucial. Definitely. Now, what advice do you have for business owners who are really scared to make that first hire? They've probably waited too long. They're now at the point where they're maxed out. It's really hard to grow when you're just stuck in the weeds of doing every single thing. And it's not an uncommon thing that people wait too long. So I would say, you know, to someone who's at that point where they clearly need help, they either need to evaluate evaluate, like, is it important to you to grow your business and continue? Or do you need to take a step back? And, you know, maybe, maybe now is not your season to grow and that's okay. Then let go of some of those commitments that you have. But if you really do want to keep growing and you are maxed out or over maxed out, and it might be like the fear of the investment or, you know, will this make me money? will this person do a good job? Like, will I be able to trust them? Whatever it is, you need to ask yourself, like, if I don't hire, then I'm saying, if I don't say yes to hiring, then I'm saying yes to doing everything in my business. And that could impact your, your mental health, your time with your family. I have a hard rule, like 20 hours is my absolute max. I'm not for the most part doing above and beyond that. I sacrifice more profits because of that. I know a lot of online business owners will work full-time schedules. I'm not working full-time. I want to continue growing. And so my option is to either do it all myself and work, 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 have no life outside of my business or to find people that I trust and let them in to help. They might not do it exactly as I would, but that's okay. Like no one is you. And a lot of times they're able to come out and do something better than me. And I know it's scary to, to give away that control and give away that trust, but you can start small. You can start with just $300 a month, $30 an hour, 10 hours a month of support and, and, and go from there. It, you don't have to hire someone and start just racking up all of these contractors and spending $10,000 a month. You can start, start small. And you know, if the first person you hire, it turns out not to be the best fit. That's a learning experience. Look at it. What were the, were there any red flags going into this? What can I take from this to make my next hire? But I truly could not be a mom of three kids here, another on the way. If I did not have outsourced help in my business. For sure. And 
I don't know if this is the same for you, but I have so much joy in the people that I work with. We mm. have literally the best time. We laugh. We It's so fun to share celebrations with and to talk things through with because you have your business friends, but it's sometimes not even appropriate, you know, to get really down in the yeah. weeds about certain things. So to have that support, it's definitely a huge bonus and it just makes things so much better. Yeah. And if it's like one thing I want to speak on is not exactly every hire is going to have a return on investment, like monetarily. Sometimes that return on investment is your time back with your family or to just get back to doing your own hobbies or exercise or downtime, more sleep, whatever it is. And that's just as valuable. Your time and energy is just as valuable as the monetary side of things. If not more, because if you're saving yourself from a massive burnout or, you know, just shutting everything down because you're like, I started this, I spent time with my family and now I'm not. So I quit, um, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of a hire could be the most impactful saving you from those things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we talked about people doing posts in Facebook groups and to hire and find VAs. And I I probably like you, my heart drops a little when I see people (laughs) say, Hey, do you guys know any VAs? And I think, Oh my goodness, they just are about to get in and you already think you're busy. And now you're going to get hundreds of DMS, emails, messages. Where do you recommend people go to find a virtual assistant? Well, not the Facebook groups. (laughs) I mean, I'm thankful for those people because that's where I found my clients. Me too. I have a higher form that's connected to the women in my program. It's just MichaelaQuinn.com forward slash hire. You can fill it out. We kind of ask all the questions. Are you okay to working with a beginner? Or do you prefer someone more experienced? What's your budget? What is the job description? Like we ask, like we try to get those, like what are those personality attributes or like any quirks that someone needs to know about working with you? How do you want people to apply? We go through all that to make it super simple for anyone. And then it gets submitted to the women in our program and they can, you know, women that match can get in contact with them and you won't have to this way, the more descriptive you can be in filling out that form, the better off you'll be. I know some people are like very, very brief and include no words. And it's like, you're just going to get a bunch of emails with questions. You don't want a bunch of emails with questions. You want a bunch of people emailing you saying, Hey, I'm a fit. And here's why. So take some time to fill that out with detail. And then you'll get, you'll save yourself a lot of time and energy from having to repeat, retype the same thing over and over and over again. Definitely. And what's super cool about your higher form is that they're not just people who are working as virtual assistants. You have the entire range of specialties in your program. And so if you're looking for copywriters, social media managers, I mean, you name it, you can fill out that form and get some really amazing responses for people that are working in those industries. Yeah, absolutely. There's Diff- all all sorts of different backgrounds, different experiences. Some women who've been doing, you know, what they're freelancing for in their nine to fives for, you know, years. Others who are coming from other service based industries like teaching or nursing, who bring a lot of great qualities and strengths to the freelance space too. So 
um, if you're hiring, I'd love, I'd love you guys to fill it out. And if you have any questions, you're always welcome to ask um, me or obviously Julie's got, got awesome resources for hiring too. I tell you, I have built entire teams for my clients just on your hire form. And it's not that we sometimes don't, the client might want to post in other places. And I can tell you with certainty, I can look at the candidates that are coming through on the applications and know who's coming through from your program immediately because the quality of their responses, the types of portfolios and things that they share, there's just a different level of person that's coming through in, in terms of preparedness and just ready to go. Whereas responses coming from other places, they're just, they're easily identifiable as just not the same. Yeah. I hear that. I hear that a lot. lot. And I think the women in OTO, they're, they're dedicated to this and I'm teaching them to build their business, to build a business that they, that love, that they love and that fills them up. So they're really only going after those positions that they truly feel they're a fit for or want to be a part of and having, having that, like wanting to be there versus, oh, this is just a paycheck is, is really, really makes an impact. Um, as, as the client, I can tell that as well. And we'll have it in the show notes, but if people want to find it, it's at michaelaquinn.com backslash hire. Is that right? Yes. I have it memorized. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we thank you so much, Julie. I, you fill that out all the time and we're just so appreciative for your continued support for the women in OTL. I have two that I'm submitting today. If I don't run out of time, (laughs) I'm excited. Yeah, It's the best getting to connect with those gals. What range can people expect to pay when hiring a virtual assistant? So virtual assistant work is for the most part, still going to be hourly based especially if it's, you know, there's some changing projects each month. And so you can expect anywhere from typically $25 an hour to 40-ish, depending on, you know, experience. If you need 20 hours of support a month, 20 hours a month at $25 an hour comes out to about 500 a month. If you know, they're, you're looking for someone who has experience in some of the online platforms like Entreport or ClickFunnels, FG Funnels, whatever software it is, you're looking at more closer to 35 or 40 an hour. And so that could be, you know, 500 to 800 a month mm-hmm. for 20 hours of support. So it's not a huge time commitment to get started with a virtual assistant if you are not a huge monetary investment. If you're just starting with $20, 20 hours a month, if, if your business is consistently bringing in, in money. So I would love for you to share as we're closing, what advice you have for business owners to show up and be a really good client. Um, you've shared a lot of things already about knowing what types of tasks that you want to outsource, being really clear in your communication and your expectations, knowing who you are. So somebody can come in and know how to work on your team. What other things would you add to that for people to just be the best client for who they're hiring as they can? Yeah, I would say, I mean, I'm going to go back to communication as you guys are getting started and they're getting their first couple projects or tasks done. If something's not necessarily how you would have done it, 
just provide that constructive feedback for them. I know a lot of times like things that I had not had an issue with, but I was like, Ooh, I wouldn't say something this way. Like I'm thinking of my copywriter, social media manager, they would phrase things a little bit different or use a word. And, you know, I didn't think of everything I would need to tell them. There's just no way to know everything. And so when they would send stuff over initially for me to review, I'd be like, Hey, I don't use that word. Like I hate that word, (laughs) take it off, never use it again. And it's just like a, like, a learning process. You're forming a relationship. And so you need to share those with them. Don't hold it in and like get frustrated. Kind of how I do it is if some like for the writing aspect, at least if someone writes something and there's changes I want, I verbally would tell them over Voxer so that they're learning, they're hearing. And as you know, gosh, now my copywriter, we've been working together for over two years to where now she sends me something and I'm just like, boom, send it with maybe minor changes, but we got there because in the beginning I kept telling her, Hey, I wouldn't phrase it this way, or I wouldn't use this way. And she just, you know, through time kind of learned. And so that communication, that sharing is, is really important. And also with that communication, sometimes things will happen. If you made a mistake, if you weren't clear, you just need to be, you need to own that as the client and say, that was my bad. I changed my mind or, you know, I, misled you on that. And so it's easy sometimes to just blame other people and get mad. But if, if there's ever an issue, try to look at, okay, did I do everything I could to have avoided this? And, um, most of the times it's not (laughs) in my experience, at least it's not the contractor's fault. It was either me not being clear or changing my mind or doing something that caused, caused the miscommunication. A hundred percent. I find that people really desire to show up and do a good job for you. They just need to know how to do a good job. And when there are things that happen, like before the podcast aired, Kim on my team did an incredible job with some graphic templates that I provided her. And then the night before I launched, I changed all the templates. I just, it wasn't because she did a bad job because she made those look so good. I just had this moment where I was like, I don't like them. And so I made sure that she had a message. So when she woke up in the morning, cause there's a time difference that she knew, like you did such a good job on these. You, I loved them for what they were, but it just ultimately didn't feel like a good fit. So it wasn't anything you did. I just changed my mind at 10 PM. <laughs> yeah. And that, that happens and that's okay. And I also know the contractors out there that may, might be listening to this, it can feel so like, oh, they didn't like what I did. You got to take away your attachment to like, to that. And it's more about just like the, the final result of it being done and out there and the client's happy with it. I know sometimes I'll make some changes to some emails or something that Stacy writes, And she's like, what is she doing? <laughs> or, you know, in the beginning, I completely rewrote stuff and she's like, Why'd you even have me write this? But like, no, you, your start helped me get to what I wanted. I was able to see, I didn't want to go that direction. Actually, actually, I want to go this. And so it's not, it's not, it's not personal. And if they change something or, you know, give, give feedback, it's not personal. And it's not like they're mad at you for not, for not knowing or for doing a bad job. Right. So I'm sure there are going to be people who listen to this episode who are thinking, wow, I'm really interested in this program, this community, this support, and this training so I can build my online business, You know, whether they start as a VA or whether they come in and start 
with a totally different path, but they know they want to work virtually. So can you tell people how to connect with you and a little about your program? Yeah. So Instagram is probably a great place to come connect with me. It's just at Michaela.Quinn on Instagram. And in there is my link to or the link in my bio. There is a freelance starter kit, which is a great place for someone who's brand new in this space to learn more about the freelance industry, how to get started, what services you can offer. And then the program Overwhelmed Overbooked is basically just a one-stop shop to help you go from starting to hitting your income goals, replacing your income, covers everything from like how-to business building. We include skills training. There's the OTO community, Facebook group, job leads, and weekly coaching calls with me and um, ongoing training. So kind of everything that you need to get started is in the program. And those coaching calls, all of it is just really gold, but those coaching calls, you can really see for people to have that support and to get unstuck is just, those are Mm -hmm. amazing places to be. And most of the success stories that like you see on the website or the people sharing their wins in the Facebook group or on Instagram, they're, they're consistent, consistently showing up to the calls, even if they're just listening. Um, I, I noticed that's a huge, huge factor in people's people's outcome. I totally agree. When I joined, you were running live sessions as you were Mm -hmm. developing the program. And I, think I showed up with one other gal to every single session. It was over a summertime and the amount of FaceTime we were able to get questions we can get answered and showing up to those calls. Even when you, like you said, if you don't have a question, but you always get something so valuable out Mm -hmm. of that from hearing other people's stories and their successes and their frustrations. Yeah. And you, I mean, you joined, I'm pretty sure you joined one from like the car for your son's kindergarten pizza party. Yes. I did <laughs> so many dedicated. in the car. I did so many calls. I would call from the school parking lot because it was like, yeah. I, I knew that it was really worth my time to show up and spend time with that community and with your advice and support. Well, thank you for letting me be, be here today, Julie, and be the one to help you get started way back when. I think about those times. I heard you on a podcast on. Um, Kendra Hennessy's mother, like a boss, I heard your episode and had all the same doubts that other people have and just thought, well, you know, I'll just show up and just do my best and see what happens. And, you know, my life is completely changed. I know we all have, we all have those fears. And like, what if I wouldn't have stayed dedicated to starting freelancing or if, you know, when I started the coaching side of my business, it wasn't the plan to start it right then. It just kind of happened one day, there were so many people that were like, Hey, can you help me? Hey, can you help me? And if I just let the fear of, cause I did have fears, I did have doubts. And so I just try not to let those fears control me or make my decisions for me. I think about that a lot because even just starting the podcast, I was surprised at how many people in my everyday life approached me and said, I have this dream too. But for whatever reason, they haven't taken um, the next steps on it. And so I I think about how your journey, all the different parts of your journey, but really just one thing that I think of when I think of you is how you just never gave up. 
Yeah. Through the hardest things, you just, you never gave up and the impact, uh, the impact on so many families that you've been able to have because of that perseverance is just absolutely an incredible legacy. Thank you, Julie. So I'm so grateful for you and to know you. Is there anything else you'd like to share for people about hiring a VA? If you have the budget, you should totally do it. If you're maxed out, you will never, you will never regret. Well, I guess, you know, something could go wrong, but once you find the right fit, you won't regret that choice. And you'll say like, I wish I would have done this sooner. Absolutely. I second that. Michaela, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. Thank you, Julie. Hi, it's Julie again, just popping in to remind you that if you're looking for links to anything we talked about today in the show, including links to our free dream team starter kit, which has an entire workbook for you to help hone in on your strengths, your core values for you and your business, and when you should hire your next team member to Michaela's resources, including links to her program, Overwhelmed to Overbooked, and her higher form. They're all waiting for you there in the show notes. So wherever you are in the world, wishing you the most magical day.